0: This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. In this weekly show, the Husker Online team will give you the latest insight on Husker football, basketball, baseball, and, of course, recruiting. Now, here's your host, Husker Online publisher, Sean Callahan.
1: Hello and welcome again to another edition of the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, and Nate Klaus. And we'll be joined by Allie Snow later as it is her final day with Husker Online. So uh, we've got a fun, fun final day in store for her as well as she moves on. Um, And we'll hear about her future plans um, at that time as well. But we need to start off, guys, with the big news of the week and I wouldn't call it necessarily surprising news, um, but just the, the the on the surface of it, especially for, from the outside of Nebraska, it is a blow. JD Spielman officially put his name in the transfer portal. They mutually parted ways. Now for JD Spielman to. Uh, become eligible now for next year he'll need two waivers if he goes to an FBS program one to gain immediate eligibility and another um, in order to gain eligibility for missing an academic term as um, he did not complete his coursework here in semester number two in Lincoln so um, there's a lot there for him to play football I think obviously he knows he wants to and needs to if he wants to go to the NFL uh, it's going to require a waiver process Uh, But nonetheless, Nebraska loses their most productive wide receiver, their first wide receiver in school history to go for 800 or more yards three straight years. Um, but he had been gone really since late February, and there had been no contact with this Nebraska coaching staff and JD Spielman since that point, and it came to an end, Robin, here this week.
2: Well, that's the big reason why it's not a surprise whatsoever. I mean, yes, both sides technically left a sliver of door open for that uh, to possibly reunite, but uh, the fact that, you know, he abruptly left the team for personal reasons. I mean, that's a pretty big red flag right there, but two uh, he'd been in Lincoln. He'd been in Omaha. He was training with Keith Williams. And yet there was zero communication between JD Spielman and Nebraska's coaching staff. And that right there says everything you need to know that while technically uh, neither side was willing to close the book on this deal, both sides had already moved on. And I think both already knew that this thing was not going to uh, figure itself out. So, you know, now at least there's some finality to it. Nebraska can go forward with the guys they have and get those young guys ready to play significant snaps from day one uh, while JD can, you know, take the next step of of his career and figure out the things he needs to figure out.
0: Yeah. The whole thing was not, I mean, the way it played out uh, to me was not really a surprise. Um, and, And honestly, I don't know how many people, we're completely shocked by it, that, that at least people that were kind of following the situation. Um, you know, maybe the most surprising thing about it was that it took this long for him to – or for the for the two sides to kind of figure out. To even out, communicate. Yeah, to communicate at all um, and to, to come to the conclusion that, hey, okay, yeah, uh, this is not working out or, or whatever. We're going our separate ways. Yeah. Um, but you know, and, and I mean, it hurts Nebraska obviously. Um, you know, his production alone is going to be hard to, to replace. He's one of the top wide receivers in the Big Ten, so you don't just you know, you know lose a guy like that and, and not feel it at all. But on the flip side, I mean, I, th- I do think that you know, when you look at that wide receiver room as a whole, um, you'd be hard pressed to say that that it's not a more talented group or more versatile group than what they had last year.
1: And you look at Spielman now um, as you kind of, where will he go next? And obviously everyone's like, well, he's going to stay home and go to Minnesota. And I don't know if it's that simple because in order for him to play, he needs complete cooperation from Nebraska to sign off on both the waivers. And, you know, and is Nebraska, if you're in their shoes – are you going to just fully cooperate to send him off to a rival Big Ten school? I, 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 that's why I don't know if that's going to happen uh, because of you know the cooperation it's going to take on both sides, and I think they've they've reached a mutual agreement is is what I was told that he probably won't go to the Big Ten so. Uh, It will be interesting where he goes. Oregon state, I think is where a lot of people lean. What about this though? What about the FCS? What about say would North Dakota state or South Dakota state, which are both pretty close to Minneapolis, He wouldn't need a eligibility waiver there because it's a level down. He'd still need one to get eligible for missing a term, but I'll be very curious where he goes. There's no question. He's going to have a lot of teams that at least show interest in him here down the stretch.
2: Well, Look at the the FCS uh, level and the opportunity that is for a guy like JD. So for one, the NFL bridge from the FCS to the NFL is a lot easier to cross than it used to be. I mean, the number of proven, not only NFL players, but starters and pro bowlers that have come from that level uh, makes it uh, a much more appealing market for NFL GMs. And so that, I think, is one reason why that could be on the table. But two... JD a proven commodity at the power five level. Uh, he doesn't need to show what he can do, um, in one of the better conferences in the country. And so, uh, by going to the fcf's level he would obviously kind of rid himself of all that waiver uh you know hurdles that would be in his way he'd be able to play right away and if he's there to go have success especially at a top level team like a a north dakota state or whatever it may be uh i mean that's that's a pretty good path to eventually getting that end goal of making the nfl assuming that is his end goal i mean i think right now you're also talking about you know, does he even want to play football? Did he like right now? football I know. at some points? Yeah, yeah,
0: that's my biggest question is, you know, does he love the game enough to to go from Nebraska to an FCS school and and grind it out and and uh, you know, go through school and everything to in hopes of, of being drafted next spring? I mean I I just I've never gotten the feeling that JD loves football um, and that you know and really t- from talking with him um, as a recruit coming up he, he he flat out told me that his first love has always been lacrosse and he actually committed to Ohio State uh, I think his sophomore year in high school for lacrosse and then it became increasingly clear that football was going to be maybe the the path uh, that he should take or whatever so but I, I just have never felt like he he loved football. I've Never felt like he necessarily you know kind of meshed with a with a team or, or was was all the way you know bought in. I guess you could say. So I, I just don't know for sure if if that's what he's going to do or if that's what his end goal is to to be a professional football player.
1: You're listening here to the Huskar Line Show as we close this discussion out, guys, on JD Spielman in the receiver position. I wrote this week that there may not be a position group that has more expectations on it ever to come in and immediately play than Nebraska's 2020 wide receiver group. I really can't think of a time where it's this cut and dry. There's no question that this group of guys are going to have to play and a couple might even be in starting roles. To compliment a Wondell Robinson, and it will be interesting because Nate, there, you know this group of guys as well as anybody. Um, you know they have to come on, and they can't. There can't be a miss with this group. No,
0: there can't be a miss with this group, and and um, I mean you could legitimately make a case for any one of those guys to to play um, as a true freshman and, and make an impact, not just, you know, kind of have a role or, or play the four games in redshirt. shirt. I mean, you could make a case for any one of those signees in the 2020 class to, uh, to come in and, and make an impact and, and forego their red shirt. Obviously, Omar Manning being a JUCO, that's what you expect out of a guy like that. Uh, but, you know, Xavier Betts is is somebody I think that we still kind of maybe don't give a, enough credit to. Uh, he's 6'3", 190. And then Marcus Fleming, is he's a verified, you know, ten two hundred meter guy, one of the fastest players in the state of Florida. Will Nixon uh, played at an extremely high level in Texas as a coach's son. You know, he kind of does a little bit of everything. And, um, you know, and, and so, I mean, all those guys are, are players that can come in and, and contribute immediately, and, and they're going to be needed. Uh, that's that's going to be a group. There's there's a lot of open production there, and they need some guys that, that can uh, give Nebraska, you know, some, some bodies, some
2: capable bodies at that position. So with that being said, uh, assuming the majority of those guys can pan out at least somewhat to the level that we hope, would you say that Nebraska's receiving core is actually in a better spot going into 2020 than it was at the end of 2019.
1: Yeah. I look at it like this, you know, look at the Houston and Jamie Nance and um, Darian chase. I mean, they couldn't get on the field last year and the position had never been more depleted than what we saw. I mean, you, you would have loved to have had Brian Reimers last year. That's that's where the situation was. You didn't even have Brian Reimers. You didn't have any walk-ons other than an 80% version of Cade Warner playing late in the season. You had Ken Noah, who just really – that didn't pan out. Let's just call that what it is. You had J.D., and then you had Wandell, who was trying to do about 25 things as a true freshman. Um, so, yeah, there's no doubt there's going to be better bodies here. The competition's going to be better. Omar Manning and Alante Brown are unique. As they're older guys, you're bringing in. Betts is as physically gifted of a incoming receiver recruit as we've seen in years um, for a freshman. And then Fleming, as Nate has talked about, is maybe the fastest receiver Nebraska's ever recruited.
0: Yeah, I mean, like I said, you can make a case to all those guys. And Nixon's yeah, a coach's kid. Yeah, and, and Nixon is a, is a coach's kid who – um, can, can play out of the backfield, can play out of the slot, can do a number of different things. So um, I, I would say, that I mean, from top to bottom, I, I like this wide receiver group better than what they had last year. Now, it's a lot of unproven yeah. – It's all on potential. It's all potential. I mean, they're all unproven guys for the most part, outside of Wandale and, and Cade Warner. So, I mean, obviously those guys, there's a lot of guys that are going to have to step up. Uh, but if, if even – you know, three quarters of those players live up to their potential, and it could be a pretty fun group to watch.
1: And the the old fall camp slogan, "They're swimming in it." Well, these guys are gonna have to swim in it and learn <laughs> how to swim on Saturdays right away, and that will be something all of us will be watching closely. All right, when we come back, uh, we're gonna talk about what it might look like here in July and August as the NCAA football oversight committee has a tentative return-to-play path set up. We'll give our thoughts on that next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show.